You are listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy this talk by Pastor Jim Plummer, titled, Understanding Your Faith, from the series, My Friend's Favorite Talks. For more info, check out creekside.org. My style is to make you mad. No, not really. But to provoke you to think. I grew up in church, and I could almost predict what people were going to say when they started. And so I just tuned out. So I decided that my style would be the style that would make people disagree in order to think. And then maybe we could mutually impart truth. This morning is one of those things. I want to talk to you about understanding, everybody say understanding, (laughs) understanding your faith. The background of my thoughts this morning come when I was sitting in a church service that was very, very boring, and I started flipping through my Bible, and I, I ran across the scripture in Genesis, the 11th chapter. And what it was, chapter 8 of Genesis is Noah coming out of the ark. And 9 and 10 are about what the Lord promised them and what he told them to do. Go inhabit the earth. In the 11th chapter, they come to this place called Shinar, which is Babylon. And rather than go do what the Lord told them to do, they settled down. And they begin to build in their own mind because they had all one language. And they got together and they started talking and evidently they understood what they were talking about because they built a tower. And they said, we are going to build a way to heaven. And the Lord looks down on them and says, you know what? These people are making plans that I didn't give them. You know the story. The Lord comes down, examines that their ways are phenomenal, and they evidently have the ability to accomplish some awesome things. And then he said, Well, I do, not that he was wondering, but the scripture says that he chose to confuse the language. In other words, what they could understand, they could no longer understand. But here's what he said. He said, lest they understand. You see, there is a vast difference In reading something, hearing something, believing something, and understanding something. Let me ask you a question. Can you hear something and not understand it? Can you read something and not understand it? Can you believe something? 
and not understand it. An interesting thought crossed my mind. Because you believe something doesn't make it true. On the other hand, because you don't believe something doesn't make it untrue. But you can read something, hear something, even believe something, and not understand it. My point is, how many of you have ever heard about the book of Revelation? How many of you have read the book of Revelation? How many of you believe the book of Revelation? How many of you understand? You get my point. So what I want to do today is to say some things that I think is going to cause you to think. I'm going to talk to you about understanding your faith. Every person in this room saved or unsaved, has faith. I will try and establish in your mind that every one of us in this room have the same identical faith. I told you I would make you think. Now, my text comes from 2 Peter chapter 1. I want to read it to you, then my comments. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have, if you have your Bible, what is the next statement? Obtained to those who have obtained like Precious faith with us. Say that with me. Like precious faith with us. To those who have obtained like precious faith with us. By the righteousness of God, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given us to all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which, by our faith now, by which have given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these through these promises you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust by the way what was adam's sin that all of us suffer the consequence of it was lust He lusted after something that God forbid him to have. And as a result of that, he passed on to us an Adamic nature that 
desires in our physical, fleshly person, desires sin and everything that is evil. But what I want you to notice that he has given us precious promises that allows us to be a partaker of his divine nature, which enables us to escape the corruption of the world that is through lust. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add, everybody say add, Through diligence, add to your faith that you have obtained. Add to your faith, get this now, virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. What does he say? He said, I have given you this faith. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to add. Now the word add means nurture. Nurture the faith that I have given you. And here's how you nurture your faith. He lists seven things. I'll comment on them later. It says, here. For if, for if these things are yours, these seven things, and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sin. What happens if you don't nurture that? Then he says, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. You'll never fail. You'll never fall. I didn't say that. I repeated it. Like precious faith. To those who have obtained. Obtained means to be received. To be given something. Your lot. A determined amount. Like means similar. Like means same. Same in amount and quality. We have obtained or have been given the same what? We have been given the same. Now I said to you, all of us have the same faith. There is only one faith. It was the faith once delivered to the saints. It has never changed and it never will change. You have faith. 
you have the same faith. He said, it's precious in that it is valuable. It is truth. It is the truth of God. It is the gospel itself. It is the reliance upon Jesus Christ. That's what faith is that has been given to you. He says, you have this same faith with us. Did you ever stop and think who's writing this? Peter, whose very shadow healed people. Peter, who walked upon the water. The same faith that God gave Abraham. The same faith that God gave Moses. The same faith that God gave Paul. The same faith that God gave Enoch. I mention him because he never died. He was translated. It's the same faith. You see, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, By grace are you saved. What's the next statement? Through faith. What's the next statement? And that, that faith that you exercise because of the grace of God, he says, what? By grace are you saved through faith, and that faith is not of yourselves. It is what? It is a gift of God. The faith that you have today, every person has been given. The scripture in Romans 12.3 says that God has given to every man a measure of faith. Every person born who lives on this earth has been given faith. Some people have exercised and some people have not. But there is no reason in the world why any human being cannot be saved. They have the faith. By grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And God has given to every man a measure of faith. Now, faith is a gift of God to every man. All men, all women, all who have been born have been given faith. Now, that faith is the gift of God. And when you believe in the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus Christ, when you put your faith in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then you are, you have exercised faith that brings salvation. Hear me closely. All who have placed their faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ are saved They are sealed. God has put his stamp on every person the moment they believed. 
and God's stamp upon your life when you believed is God's guarantee that he will complete what he started in you. He guaranteed it. Saved by faith. Sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Seated at the right hand of the Father right now. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ. Hebrews says that we have an anchor at the throne. How many of you have ever seen these kids play tetherball? They hit that ball and it wraps around. It's just a thing that is the dumbest game. <laughs> I tried playing it. It is hard. You got to time it right. But what I want you to know is do you realize that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that He has anchored you at the throne? You are tethered to Him. And one day, faith is going to be realized, and we're going to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. We'll be there because of the faith that he has given to us. Quickly, let me move on. All of us have obtained the same portion of faith. Everybody has the same faith. All of us have obtained that faith through the same process. Through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. You see, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, hear me closely. You are declared righteous, not by anything you can or will ever do. You are declared righteous because God sees you in the absolute righteousness of Jesus Christ. He declares you righteous. You don't feel righteous. You don't live righteous. But that doesn't change the fact that God sees you. In the absolute righteousness of Jesus Christ. You see, we all obtained it through the same process. All of us have obtained the same position. We are seated and sealed and secure because we are in Christ. God's appointed instrument of redemption. When you place your faith in Him, you become part of Him. And He is seated at the throne. All of us have obtained the same provisions. He has given us all things, listen to me, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Do you know that God has already provided in your faith everything your life will ever need. He's already provided that in your faith. 
He has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything necessary to make you a godly person is in your faith. He has given us that provision. He has, hear me, He has given us precious promises. Now that precious promises, he said, whereby that divine nature, you see, when you were born again, God placed, I don't want to fall off of here. God placed the same nature of Jesus Christ in you. God placed alongside of that Adamic nature the nature of God himself. Now he says, through that divine nature and those promises I have given you, you can be partakers of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world. You want to live a godly life? It is resident in the faith that you have received already. Not only have we obtained the same promises, hear me, we have obtained the same potential. Every person in this room has the same potential. Let that sink in. Every person in this room has faith. If you're not saved, you still have faith. If you have put your faith in Christ, you have the same potential that every person in this room has. Here's how you reach your potential. He gave five things. If you will begin to practice these things, you will reach your potential. I was taken last night watching the Hall of Fame people that were going into the Hall of Fame. And I thought to myself, how do you get there? And then I got this simple answer. Practice. How did they get there? How did they reach that pinnacle? They practiced. They worked at it. From early childhood, they dreamed about it. They practiced it. And when they practiced it, it they got better and better and better. Then when they got to the top, they kept on practicing. Every person in this room has faith. Every person in this room has the same potential. How do you reach your potential? You practice. Practice what? He said, virtue which means make good moral choices. Through knowledge, 
follow what you know. And amazingly, if you follow what you know, you will get more to know. You grow in knowledge when you apply your knowledge. He said, practice self-control. Now, I had really strict parents. I, I don't want to make you feel sorry for me. But I tell you what I could. I thought my parents were the most inhuman, ungodly. But you know what they taught me? They controlled me. They disciplined me. The other side of that was, it's been pretty easy for me to control myself. If you ask me how to cure the problems of our culture today, I'd take every man. I'd stand him in front of me. And I would say, you are the spiritual leader of your home. It is not the church's responsibility to train and disciple your kids. It is yours, Dad. And in my opinion, any father who doesn't teach his children the ways of the Lord. You finish my sentence. I don't want to offend you. But at the end of this journey, you will determine for yourself that you have failed your children. Don't misunderstand me. Every father in this room has the potential to be a godly father. Your children will follow where you lead them. Hear me. Self-discipline to practice perseverance, that means to be earnest continually. Not on Sundays. Practice godliness, which is holiness. Practice brotherly kindness. Listen, I have 11 brothers and sisters. It is hard to practice brotherly kindness. But you know what? I love the people of God. I love the churches that I pastored. But there was something unique about the love that I have for my brothers and my sisters. That's what he said. You can love everybody in this room, but you don't love them like you do your own. I can't explain the love of a family. He said, practice brotherly love. And then... Practice charity. That means be good to everybody. You see, he said, add to your faith. You have been given this faith. He said, this is how you add to your faith. This is how you will reach the potential of your life. But there's a payoff. He says, if you do these things, say it with me, if you do these things, If you do these things, 
You will never be barren. Now, what does barren mean? If a woman was barren, what does that mean? She couldn't conceive and birth a child. If you do these things, you won't be barren. You won't be unable to conceive what God has for you. You will not be able to bring forth. I have this idea that I believe that God has got the most creative ways to reach lost people. And he just loved to open that to a church and to a people who could conceive, could fathom what God can do. He said, you'll not be barren nor unfruitful. You see, that means you can be fruitful. And that word fruitful doesn't just mean bring fruit. It means to flourish. It goes on to say, I have to be done in what, five minutes? Ten minutes? No, I'll get there. Okay. He says you'll never be short-sighted. That means blinded to the future. You can look down the road and say, I'm not going back. I'm going forward because I have learned. I have learned to look down the road and know where God's taken me. On the other hand, you'll never fail. They're sort of built into the philosophy of the church that somehow you're going to fail. So just get up and walk again. You understand? Somebody stumbles, well, you know what? That's sort of expected. That isn't what the scripture says. If you do these things, you'll never fail. Say that with me. You'll never fail. You'll never stumble. I didn't say that, folks. That's what the Word said. Conclusion is, do you know that every person in this room has faith? If you're not a born-again believer... You already have the faith. All you have to do is exercise your faith. Exercise your faith. You don't have to believe the whole Bible. Someday I hope you do, but you need to believe in the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's the defeat that Jesus took to sin and when you put your faith in Jesus Christ 
the faith that you already have, you're born again. How do you do that? The scripture says we read it, we hear it, we believe it in our heart, and we confess it with our mouth. He said if you do that, you'll be saved. Secondly, if you're a child of God, learn to appropriate God's word. Read God's word. When you see a promise, remember he's given us these precious promises. Remember that God has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I sort of feel like I slap God in the face when I ask him for something he's already promised me. If you read God's Word and you see God's Word, a promise in God's Word, you have a choice, you see, to appropriate that for your life. You see, be intentional about your faith. I believe God wants every believer to be Fertile, fruitful, flourishing, and failure-proof. 